Hi, I'm Al Bundy. There's a time I scored four touchdowns in one game on this field. I played high school football. <laughs> four touchdowns in one game. Do I know you, man? Ever hear of Al Bundy? Poke high, all city, four touchdowns in one game? Do you know what a hero you are to me? I presume you're referring to my four touchdowns in one game? The most famous poke high football legend. A hint, four touchdowns in one game. Yeah. <laughs> you? Well, it's not. Who once had been a mighty athlete in high school and scored four touchdowns in one game. Bundy! <laughs> B-U-N-D-Y, Al Bundy. Made all city back in 66, four touchdowns. And I'm not talking the whole year. One game. But do not take me lightly. I once scored four touchdowns in a single game for Pokemon. You know, Al, you were really amazing tonight. I mean, four touchdowns in a single game. Ah, oh, babe, that's no big deal. I mean, it's not like it's going to be the highlight of my life or anything. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first show of the rebranded. Well, actually, no, I should take that back. This is the second show of the now rebranded Gridiron America. Last week, we were Football America. Uh, and I say we just basically me because I'm, I'm the host of the show and this is my little creation on the Internet. Um, but yeah, no, we I am now Gridiron America because you can find me at CFL America, XFL America, USFL America. And also at Gridiron Japan. So I amalgamate, I took all those Twitter handles and kind of combined them into one. So, and I am sitting here in Japan with my friend Randy Snow of the World of World of Football podcast. And, and Randy and I uh, have spent a lot of time visiting graves together. How are you doing, my friend? How's, uh, how's life in Michigan? Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, up till a few days ago, we had no snow here in Michigan, which is unusual for this time in February. Uh, and then last night we got some ice and some sleet and some snow. So we've got a little dusting on the ground now. Jeez, uh, not that bad, but just enough to tell you it's still winter. Oh, I don't miss that crap at all. <laughs> I, know I don't, you it's, don't. It's raining here and let's see. Well, it's morning time here. It's 45 degrees in the morning right now. And mm -hmm. um, I'll be hopping on, my wife and I, I'll be hopping on a bullet train tomorrow uh, for a few days, going out to vacation further down the chain on the island. So hopefully we'll have 60 degree, you know, nice 60 degree weather for the rest of the week and, you know, some sunshine. So, but yeah, no, I feel I, I, I watch the news from home every day and I see, always see those weather reports and I'm like, oh yeah, I don't miss it. Yeah. I think our high was 27 today. That's how we peaked out. Oh, geez. Jeez. Well, uh, you know what? And the thing is too, you know, I mean, the older we get, it's like, man, oh, this is. This was, I don't know how we did it when we worked. I mean, you and I are both retired and it's like, yeah, yeah. how did I get up every morning and go slog through that crap? So, but yeah. you know, <laughs> what can you do? So thank you. Hey, so it's nighttime there. So thanks a lot for, for, for spending your Friday night with me and, uh, yeah, no problem. So before we, uh, hit the record button here, you and I, you kind of caught me up on, what I missed in the overnight, which fortunately wasn't anything other than maybe Derek Carr going to the Jets. <clears throat> yeah, well, yeah, possibly going to the Jets. He's going to have an interview with him, I guess. Yeah, well, that's where quarterbacks go to die. I think we all know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, by the time Aaron Rodgers, by the time Aaron Rodgers gets out of his dark box or whatever he's in, he, he may not have a, a place to go to in in the Jets organization anymore. Yeah, no, I still see him staying with the Packers. <laughs> I still see well, him staying. I can't see him leaving Green Bay. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't begin to would, tell you what's going on up there. You and I would both love him to see Green Bay, being, you know, be, you being a Lions fan and me being from Chicago and being a Bears fan. But, you know, I mean, yeah, no, I think he's going to, there's just too much money on the table. Yeah. 
way too much. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So, well, I tell you what, let, let's start off. I wanted to kind of go over the news of the week here. Because we got a lot of things happening, not only with the NFL. And honestly, we're not even going to talk about NFL. Touch a little bit about it. Because, I mean, you guys talk a lot about that. You and Adam talk a lot about that on your show. Though, it would have been nice to have Adam on this show. Because then I could have just broke into a whole other segment and on talking about comic book stuff. Um, well, he's yeah, he's actually working on his uh, movie review uh, podcast right now. He's got a couple of movies that he's seen, so he's trying to get those up. So, yeah, you know, he not only does the world of football with me, but he's got his own uh, Adam Snow movie show YouTube channel. It's a good, it's movies. a, it's 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 a good show. I mean, I when he something pops up, I, I usually watch it, and you know, when I um, pardon me here, except let me coughing. I said when um he did the review of black adam i'm like okay that's insane i saw the exact same thing and um when he reviewed that sean payton movie on netflix oh yeah that the piece of crap i was right there with him i'm like oh this is garbage <clears throat> oh yeah sorry, we, we just went to see uh, we just went to see ant-man and uh, the wasp last Ooh, night yeah quantumanium i you know what i don't know if that's here in japan yet and i've got i got a group of american friends here that are all comic book nerds. I got to reach, I got to touch base with them probably afterwards. And go, Hey, has it been released here yet? Cause that would be, a... I don't, I don't think so. I, I think uh, it was, what was last night? That was a Thursday night. Yeah. It was, it was a, a preview or something, you know, it, it's not open worldwide until this weekend. So uh, okay, um, it, it may be a little longer before it gets to Japan, but I don't think, you know, it goes nationwide this weekend. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Movies. Sometimes movies come out here later. Sometimes they come out, <clears throat> right at the same time um i know the shazam movie is coming out in march next month according to the previews that i saw when i saw black adam so but anyway i digress yeah. not i don't want to go down the comic book uh comic book black hole so um okay. so there's been a lot of news breaking football wise back in, in north america um and let's start off in our favorite little league and that's the cfl so Montreal is now back in the hands of Randy Ambrosi and in the, the league itself. So, yeah. what are your thoughts? Because, well, I I kind of heard some rumblings about that a few months ago that it may happen, and of course now it has happened. Uh, you know, there was a there was a time when the uh, Toronto Argonauts uh, were in the hands of a not the league but a, another owner. Uh, mm -hmm. The the owner of the BC Lions also owned the uh, Argonauts for a while right. until they could find right. new ownership. So, uh, yeah, you you hate to see uh, teams get taken over by by the league. It's happened a few times in the last few years up in the CFL, but it's it's usually worked out okay. Yeah, but you you really do hate to see that. It just it makes you think that things are not that financially stable up there. When uh, hopefully they are, but you know, as a fan, you don't really know what's going on with these teams. Uh, so hopefully uh, it'll be you know six months, a year or so, and they'll have a new ownership group and things will be fine. I hope. <clears throat> well, I do too. And it, you know, when I read it, I keep thinking back to my trip back in November and you, 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 re you remember when I went to Montreal, <clears throat> Oh yeah. Um, you know, we were in the old town of Montreal. Now it's funny cause I was there during gray cup, the first round of the gray cup playoffs, but because the way we had scheduled our, our trip, I was not in Montreal for the game because we went to Ottawa for a few days and then went, came back to Montreal. But when we were in Montreal, every shop I went into, especially, and you, you've been to Montreal, right? No, I, I've been to Toronto and Hamilton okay. many times, but I've never been all the way to uh, Montreal. Oh, you gotta, you gotta make a trip to Montreal because Montreal truly is a part of Europe. It feel it's a whole nother country. It really is. So during that whole move, when my wife and I, we moved from the States here to Japan, we literally, I, I always make the comment, we had stayed in hotels in four different countries. And she's like, well, wait a minute, we were in Canada. I go, no, no, no. Quebec's a separate country because it's all French. <laughs> it feels, I mean, it just feels different. It's, yes, the yeah. Canadian, it, it, but it, it, there's a feel, a very European feel to it. Yeah. Um, but we were in the old, old town of Montreal, which is beautiful. It feels like you know, feels like being in Europe. Feels like being in front in 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 little parts of Paris. Um, but yeah, I couldn't find any Montreal stuff. I couldn't find any Alouette mm. stuff. 
I couldn't find, I mean, I found one hat and I posted it on Facebook and I posted it on Twitter. I go, this is symbolic of the problem of the CFL. There's no marketing. I mean, you and I are sitting here during this, this interview. You've got your Lions shirt on. I've got my Cardinals hat on. What? I mean, I mean, I'm here in Japan and I see Green Bay Packers stuff everywhere. Mm. I mean, not that, and people are not fans of the Packers here. Nobody knows anything about American right. football here, but yet right. the, the NFL properties is everywhere. And I, all, all I ever hear from Randy Ambrosi is hand wringing and a lot of corporate double speak. And I, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, with now, and we're going to talk about it a little bit with the XFL coming in, really coming into play, which I think you and I both, you know, are thinking is going to probably going to be successful, at least in the short term mm -hmm. here. Now mm -hmm. you've got competition, but I mean, if you want people to buy your product, you need to at least put some product out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can go to, uh, to their online store and you can find shirts and hats and hoodies. But even at that, the, the selection is nowhere near that of the NFL. You might have two or three different T-shirts, uh, one or two uh, sweatshirts, a couple of hats. You know, the, the, not that much. And I've seen stuff on the sidelines of a CFL game. And I'm thinking, wow, that is a sharp-looking yeah. shirt. And so I would immediately go to their online uh, store to see if I could find it and get it. Get that. It's not there. So, you know, as a fan, you you would love to, to have a big variety of stuff. Right. And plus, but too. I, I and then just the, haven't seen it online. Yeah. And then the other part of it is, I mean, all you got to, I mean, I don't know, we live in the 21st century. You know, you got Amazon stores. I mean, yep. I, I had to buy a new computer here for doing my simulation football league. I went to Amazon. You know, it's international shipping, but the international shipping cost me 15 bucks. It was dirt cheap. I mean, mm, yeah. Not bad. I just don't get where, I don't know, I beat my head against the wall a lot Like when it comes to a lot of this stuff. But when I, you know, we know the CFL is aging out on its fans. I mean, we are, you and I are both kind of like, we're the typical CFL fan. We're the older white guys. And it's not attracting new fans. You know, there's that whole video game thing that I always preach on. And I think I know Adam, maybe I'm sure Adam has talked about it on your show about how the CFL needs to have Madden. I mean, mm. you watch the NFL, and I, I know I'm comparing apples to oranges, but, you know, you get the new fans with video games. I mean, video games are key. There's no video game plan, and but there's always a, there's always a reason why they can't do it. Maybe, you know, you and I were both, you know, retired. You and I are both retired military, so we we have seen big organizations basically just try to justify why they didn't do anything but just well that's the way we've always done it and it won't work but yeah you know i mean as we saw in the pandemic that you know cf the cfl always is always near death and i don't get it i mean my, my they, they need new leadership they need well look at what's happening out in bc i mean you look out what's there i mean they got a new owner he's trying Well, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, well, yeah, they they definitely need to do a better job of marketing uh, their product. I mean, I don't live in Canada, so I don't know how well it might be marketed up there. You know, like you said, you you couldn't find any merchandise in the store, but I don't know uh, how well it's covered in the newspapers or online papers, uh, that sort of thing. But they need to really. Uh, they don't need to put teams in the United States, but they need to get their games in the United States. And ESPN right. has done a good job the last few years of, of getting a lot of their games down here. But uh, yeah, they, they need to do a better job to bring I, more American fans. Before I went to bed last night, I was just kind of going, because again, being having during this entire move and everything, I was, I lost touch with a lot of things and just kind of catching up on old CFL news. There was an article I saw from, I think January, about and I posted it on Twitter about how they're going to have the CFL's working on a deal that's going to net them about a hundred thousand dollars for media right. I'm like, wait, that just I read that. I'm like, I can't, this can't be, this has to be an onion article. 
<laughs> I'm like, well, you know, if that's if that's true, I mean, hundred thousand dollars may be uh, decent money up in Canada, uh, and so if that's the case, you know, they they should be jumping, you know, the United States should be jumping on anything to well, get you, can the Canadian football down here, right? But you would think at that point, why don't you just post your game? live stream your stuff on YouTube because you'll probably make more money off bad reviews off of YouTube. Yeah. But you I can just, catch them all on ESPN plus yeah. you know, during the CFL season. Yeah. And, and I have watched a number of games on uh, ESPN plus, but I, I prefer to have them on a regular ESPN on my satellite. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'm kind of running, well, being over here in Japan. So it's a double-edged sword with ESPN plus. I need a VPN to access v ESPN plus but ESPN mm -hmm. plus actively works against the VPNs to keep their product um, there. So I know when you mm -hmm. and I were texting back and you're like, no, nah, I'm still working the VPN issue. Um, and uh, I think I've cracked the code with ESPN plus and the V and VPN, which I, I need, if I want to watch any of the XFL stuff, I, I need to, you know, I'm, I'm only going to be able to watch it on ESPN plus or whoever bootlegs it and puts it on YouTube. Which you you know, and I'll be able to watch the highlights obviously on YouTube and everything. But it just boggles my mind. It just in this day and age, especially when you see the NFL going to YouTube TV with streaming. Now the CFL does have an international package, but when when the Grey Cup happened, I did the international. I had I got the one game for the Grey Cup. Horrible video. Constantly skipping, constantly. It was just, I don't know if there were transmission issues back in the States, but it was, it was damn near unwatched. It was, it was so unwatchable that I had to check out prior to the, at the end of the third quarter, because obviously time don't difference. And I had things that I had to do paperwork wise as a new resident here that I had to go to. Yeah, missed a hell of a game in the fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I turned it off at the third quarter. I go, Winnipeg's got this. And then I come back, they won. You know, I, the Argos won. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm just, I just, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just frustrated because it just seems like the CFL constantly shoots themselves in the foot. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they could they could do a lot better uh, uh, pushing their merchandise out there. Uh, getting their games, you know, into a package uh, for the United States to make it easier for them to to see their games here, it it is frustrating, you know, because as much as I love the CFL, I'd love to watch a game every week. Sometimes I can't, if um, you know, or I'd have to go to ESPN Plus, and I I'm just not a big fan of that. But um, it, it's it's there if I really wanted it. But yeah, I like to watch Toronto. You know, Toronto's always been one of my teams. Hamilton is another one because uh, I've been to both of those. Uh, uh, cities to see games. Uh, I'd love to go up to Winnipeg sometime and uh, see a game up there. But uh, Adam, Adam is saying the Great Cup is going to be in uh, Hamilton this year, and it's an outdoor stadium. But uh, the year after, in 2024, the Great Cup is going to be in British Columbia in a dome stadium. And he's like, "That's the game we need to go to. You need to get your passport, get ready. We're going to go up to Vancouver, and we're going to, you know, get tickets to the Great Cup game up in uh, British Columbia." where it's going to be inside where we won't have to freeze our butts off. Because I've been to some, uh, not snowy games, but I was at a really cold, rainy game at uh, Hamilton years ago. And right. it was not a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. But, uh, well, but I, yeah, I, I would, he, he wants me to get my passport to go to BC for the Great yeah. Cup in two years. Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, ideally, if you're going to see a championship game, you want to see it indoors if you can. Sure. Yeah. You know, as much as the elements, I mean, I think we're we're all of an age now going, you know what? Yeah, I'm missing indoors. It just, you know. <laughs> well, I hate I hate to call myself a fair weather fan, but I kind of am because yeah. the older you get, you don't want to sit in five degree weather. You know, those Packers fans, I I don't get it. You I know? don't get it either. Uh, I, I'd rather go to Ford Field in January than Lambeau Field in January for right. a game because it's a lot more comfortable. But maybe that's just the old man in me talking. Well, I mean, for us, I mean, the aesthetics <laughs> of having mud and snow and everything is cool when you're when you're younger, you're playing. I mean, you and I both played high school football. I mean, I remember playing vividly a game in the mud, you know, in the rain. And yeah, that was cool and everything. But yeah, then you're sitting in the stands freezing your butt off when uh, when we went to the national champ college championship here in Japan 
back in December, it was 40, it was about 40 degrees. And I had my parka on because I knew, you know, we all know it, even though it's like 45 degrees out, it's going to be 10 degrees cooler inside the stadium. And, you know, glad I brought everything, had the big gloves and everything. I was smiling. My poor brother-in-law, he dressed for fashion, not for, he, not, not, not. <laughs> and, and by, at the second half, I just looked over him. I'm like, dude, here, here's my gloves. And I gave him the gloves and that was all, it was like what he needed to get himself over the hump. He's like, don't you need them? I go, I'm fine. I, you know, but I didn't, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Sitting outside in the cold weather. Yeah. I don't get Green Bay. I don't get Chicago fans. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully they, they signed the deal. The, the news I saw out of Chicago was um, that they signed the the real they closed on the property in Arlington Heights. So oh okay, um, yeah. Okay. So we'll see, but it's going to be years in the making. I mean, it's going right, to yeah. Fun. And uh, you know they they completely screwed Soldier Field up to begin with, and yeah, they, they should have never they should have never they should have they should have never done what they did to that stadium. I've always wanted to go to Soldier Field uh, back when it was, you know, before they renovated it, where it looked like a, a spaceship, uh, where the, the old stadium used to be. Uh, but I always wanted to go there, but I never did. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I was there the first time I went to Soldier Field was actually for a concert, for a Springsteen concert. So it was kind of cool. I was actually, I got, to, you know, it was on the field, got to be on the field, um, and then I've been there for a soccer game and then also for uh Cardinals uh Bears game. This was back in two thousand and one, right after few several weeks after nine eleven. And uh, Pat Tillman, you know, I always I always look back at that and go, Yeah, Pat Tillman played at that game. Um because mm. that was the the year before he checked out of the NFL to to enlist in the army. Mm. But then I've been there since they've remodeled it. And I'm going to be honest with you. For a fan, it's a nice place to see a stadium with the remodeling. Because you go inside, you can actually... There's a museum down there. I mean, it's really... On the inside, it's great. But on the outside, it's horrible. It just... It's a horrible look. I mean, it's... You know, so... But no, going back to the CFL, I just... I don't know where their heads are at. I just don't know. And, yeah, you know, now... We've got the XFL starting up, and what do you think? Where, what are your you're going to be able to watch it live, whereas I'm going to have to watch it all on tape delay and catch the highlights uh, over here. But what do you yeah. what do you think? How do you think it's going to go? I mean, this is the third try, the second, you know. But we've been there with opening week with all of these leagues, and I'm going to throw the AAF as another is basically XFL 1.5 because Charlie Ebersol. He was the brainchild behind it, and his dad was part of that XFL, the first one. So, what do you? What are your thoughts? Well, if you go back to the very first uh, iteration of the XFL back in two thousand one, uh, that first game that they ever put on TV, the um, Las Vegas um, Outlaws and the New York New Jersey Hitmen, the one where he hate me was introduced, and and uh, Vince McMahon was on the field screaming, "This is the XFL." Uh, that game got a lot of attention because they, there was such a good buildup to that game. And the game was okay. I mean, it was, you know, 19 nothing at halftime, and there was no scoring in the second half. So people kind of left after that. And and I watched the entire season. In fact, I, I taped every game on videocassette, uh, and I have all those games on a shelf right now. And the the quality of football got better and better each week right. uh, in 2001. And by the end, when they played their million-dollar game uh, between the San Francisco Demons and the Los Angeles Extreme, with Tommy Maddox as quarterback, by the way, yeah, uh, there was some good football. Yeah. But I think a lot of people had checked out by then because uh, they didn't like some of the the goofiness, you know, the WWE or WWF announcers that they had working games and and some of the craziness around all that. Uh, turned a lot of people off, but the football was actually pretty good as the season went along. It got better and better, and and the championship game was really good. And then uh, in 2020, when it came back, I think uh, a lot of people were interested in uh, seeing how it was going to do, and uh, it was doing pretty good, you know. And uh, it wasn't money this time because of uh, you know they caused the league to 
to shut down. It was COVID, right. you know, plain and simple. COVID was, is what killed the XFL this last time around. And uh, Adam and I had tickets to go see a game in St. Louis, uh, the Battle Hawks. Uh, I think that the league shut down in week six or week five. Yeah, shut down after week five, halfway through the season. And we had tickets to a game in week six. So we got our money back and I had just made hotel reservations. We were all set to go and COVID killed it. So uh, I was a little disappointed with that. So I think... I think now this time around, you had some fans who were really into it, you know, a couple of years ago, three years ago, and now uh, they're looking forward to seeing it again. So I think right. uh, initially it's going to get a lot of attention. Uh, you know, all four games are on TV this weekend. You know, uh, uh, they're on uh, ESPN, ABC, and uh, Fox Sports. So mm -hmm. I'll be able to watch all four of those games you know, on my satellite dish uh, this weekend. So I think uh, they're doing the right thing. You know, they, they've got their games out there where everybody can watch them. Uh, you can follow a team, even though you're, you know, halfway across the country from them. So I think uh, I think it'll do fairly well, okay. you know, especially in the beginning where everybody's checking it out, seeing yeah. the new teams, seeing the old teams. And and uh, so I'm I'm hopeful that they'll make it through a whole season. Right. And I agree. I agree with you. And also, too, just going back, we'll talk about the AAF. The AAF did a lot of things, at least. Okay, so the money, money, obviously the money part, they completely fumbled. But there were yeah. other things that they got right. They got people there, if I remember correctly. And I mean, Salt Lake City was a struggle to get people there. But they, the one game I saw at Salt Lake City, I think they were playing in a blizzard. So, uh, you know, weather, obviously, I think what they we learned from the AAF is, yeah, you don't want to put Northern, you know, unless you're playing a game in a dome, yeah. Putting a city up in northern climates is probably not going to work, at least attend for attendance. Maybe you know for viewers, but attendance-wise, you're not going to get people to show up to games when the when the weather is crap. Like in Birmingham, remember I always remember seeing the crowds in Birmingham, and they, they were pretty poor. But yeah, there were a lot of things the AAF did right. Um, I do remember big crowds in San Antonio. Their TV presentation was good. But obviously, you know, we all know how that ended. And yeah, but it just seems like all these since 2001, people are starting to learn lessons. And I just think that I think we're getting to the point now where this. Yeah, this this might actually work. Well, you know, when the when the USFL came along in 1983, uh, I was. I was totally happy. I mean, that was the very first time that there had been spring football was the USFL from 83 right. to 85. And I loved it because I could go from being a Lions fan, you know, and and struggling through their terrible seasons. And then a few months later, I had the Michigan Panthers playing in the exact same stadium where yeah. the Lions were at. And I went to a couple of games. I went to one each year. They were in, uh, in Michigan. And it was wonderful because I had football almost – 12 months a year, you know, right. I had two separate teams, two separate leagues. I could follow them, you know, give them all my attention. And it was great. And the Michigan Panthers came along and gave uh, Michigan football fans something they hadn't ever had before. That was a, a national championship in mm -hmm. their very first year. And it and, didn't start out well for the Panthers. They, they started out one and four and wound up winning the season and, and winning the uh, USFL championship in 83. And they had so a following great. and they didn't lack for issues yes. with attendance. So, I mean, it, yes. But it was obviously we know how that all ended. But that was again, it goes back to to what it's you know usually the product Money. on the field is not the issue. It's yeah. it's the guys running you know the business part end that always gets in the way. Um, yeah, and so with you know you've got the U.S. the new USFL now owned by Fox. They're figuring they have figured out to turn it in. You know the single owner and I mean a lot of things are being done right here that. I'm hopeful that we're gonna, you know, we're 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 gonna have football kind of year round now. I mean, but we've always had actually football year round because the arena league, the arena football league, the indoor football league. Let me ask you this: when it comes to the indoor league, let's talk about the arena football league. I've been, okay. you know, I remember when it started. I remember how it ended. You know, living in Chicago, we had the rush. I mean, the rush always drew great crowds. 
but the Arena Football League was always well, it ended with none of the teams it started with. Every year there were new teams. It it but it it survived. It got through. And for a while there it was on if you remember after the first XFL ended, that's when the NBC bought into the American I'm not saying the Amer- to the Arena Football League. And then you had on Sundays during the spring football again on TV. And I've always wondered why that did not, what happened? Because it was a good product. I mean, it, people were in the stamp. I mean, you are the, I mean, you and I are both historians, you, you more so than I, because you write, you, you do a lot more research. Um, you read a lot more than I do. What happened? Why did that, why didn't the arena football league not become our spring, our, our spring football league? Well, when it started out in 1987, there were only four teams, and it started out very, very slowly. In fact, they were going to launch the Arena Football League a few years earlier, but the USFL came along, and they didn't want to have to compete in the spring for TV you know, rights and all that with the USFL. So they waited until after the USFL was done in 85, and then they launched in 87. So the first couple of years, they only had four teams, and I think they went to six teams, and and it just kept growing and growing. And I, I saw my first game in 2000 uh, in Grand Rapids. And the Grand Rapids team lost to the Tampa Bay Storm 74 to 54. And it was the greatest thing I had ever seen. I mean, yeah, my team lost by 20 points, but it was the most exciting thing. You were so close to the action. I mean, I was used to going to Lions games at the Silver Dome yeah. uh, at that time. And you're, you're a mile away from the field. This time, we were sitting up in the upper deck of the Van Andel Arena, where they play hockey usually, and you felt like you were right on top of the action. So that was a big draw for a lot of the fans, to be that close. And they had a a fan's bill of rights where uh, the players were required to sign autographs after the game. So they would set up tables after the game on the field, and when they had everything all set up, they would let all the fans down on the field. So kids were running around. How cool is that to be on the field? With the AstroTurf, with the Nets, you know, tossing the football around, the players that you'd get in line, you could get cheerleader autographs, you could get player autographs, coaches. That's where I did a lot of my interviews when I was covering the team. I was right down on the field. I never went to the locker room. I would just interview them right there on the field. Uh, so, so it was great. It was a great fan, family-friendly experience. And a lot of people really, really liked it. You could take your three kids and your wife to a game and it wasn't going to cost you $1,500 for tickets and, and hot dogs and all that. It was really reasonable. Yeah. And so it was just, just a lot of fun. And it it really grew through like 2008. And that's when the league shut down the first time. But see, by then, they had their own developmental league called Arena Football 2. Mm-hmm. So you had teams that were playing uh, this, the exact same game, but in smaller markets. So in the Arena Football League, you had Tampa, Chicago, Detroit, you know, big cities like that. And in AF2, you had Green uh, Green Bay, you had Moline, Illinois, you had Louisville, Kentucky, um, Oklahoma City, things like that. And you know, these are towns markets. that had nothing going on during the winter. Right. And so you had basically, right. an, an uh, uh, you know, you, you had an audience there forever. Right, right. And the tickets yeah, are reasonably so, priced. Right. It, it was it was all reasonably placed. I mean, I took I took my kids to games uh, to a game in Louisville. I took them to uh, Oklahoma City. You know, we went to Green Bay. We went to Milwaukee for games. We, we've been all over the place uh, watching games. And, uh, you know, when we lost the team in Grand Rapids after the 2008 season, we kind of adopted the Cleveland Gladiators as our new team. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a four hour drive from Kalamazoo. And so if you're going to a game that starts at seven o'clock in the evening, you're four hours there. You're watching the game for three hours. You're driving home four hours after that. We did that at least once every year just to get our arena football fixed because it wasn't close enough to us anymore. Uh, and and I was happy to do it. You know, I, I loved arena football and I, w- I was happy to go that far for a game. So uh, knowing that it's coming back now again, crossed fingers and, <laughs> and well, praying I, to the heavens that it really happens. Well, I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. And do you, but we don't have a whole lot of details in terms of no, and that's no, kind of 
However, even though we don't have a whole lot of details about the AFL, we still have the indoor football league. We have the other football leagues, which, right? I mean, these, the other indoor leagues, and really the indoor football league basically is is the arena football. I mean, a lot of the teams went to, but they've they were kind of the pioneers in streaming their games anyway. If you think, mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes to utilizing the tools for visibility and everything. Because I know, you know, I don't know how many games I've watched of the Indoor Football League or the Champions League on YouTube. Um, and But we don't know if the Arena Football League is going to start, is going to use that model or they're going to, we don't know. We don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I would assume they're going to just stream their games because at this point, it seems like the way the world is going. Yeah, I I don't know. Like you said, we don't we don't know a lot of details other than it's coming back in 2024 with 16 teams, which seems a little ambitious. Uh, Adam and I did a video about uh, how excited we were that the Arena Football League was back. We posted that on YouTube uh, a week or two ago, and we actually ran down a list of uh, where should those 16 teams be located. And so we we came up with 16 cities, uh, some that had arena football teams before and others that didn't. Right. But uh, yeah, we we don't know what teams. We don't know if they're going to use the same names and, and logos uh, as the old uh, AFL teams. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some brand new teams, maybe in some brand new locations. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll just have to wait to see. Wait and see. Well, hopefully they'll bring this team back. Oh, yeah. Tampa Bay then... Storm, yep. This brings... This team back. Chicago, Chicago Rush. Yep, <laughs> yep. And yeah, those were both those were both teams that uh, that we had predicted or we would like to see come back. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, I mean Chicago. I mean I I saw three games there. At pretty good seats. I the guy that I worked with, mm-hmm. I bought it. I you know he had season <laughs> tickets, um, mm-hmm. and we were the second row in, not the first row, because that that first row is not the best place to be. You got to keep your that, head on a swivel if you're you going to sit got, there. It, it really, you're sitting <laughs> low, I, but when you're up a little bit higher, that second row, it's yeah. perfect. You got a full view, unobstructed view, and you know you're right there, close to the. I mean, it is, it is, it's like the perfect football experience, especially if you're, you know, you bring your kid. It's like this is what it's all about, and yeah, um, yeah and it's, but I could never. But it was that business end too. Again, it, it had nothing to do. The product on the field was great, but it was the business end. And we've had not only with the Arena Football League, but other football leagues. I know in Chicago, we had the Chicago Slaughter, who, I mean, they played up at Hoffman Estates, up at the big arena up there, which is beautiful. I mean, it's huge, beautiful. I mean, it is. And they had a team up there, and I forget which league it was in. It wasn't in the Arena uh, League. For a while, I think they were in the Continental Indoor Football League. That sounds, yeah, that sounds familiar. And my, you know because, who, co- you know, you know who coached them, right? Um, uh, McMichael's. Yeah, Mongo. Yeah, uh, Mongo. And yeah, uh, I went, I went to a game playoff game there because they were playing against um, was it Kalamazoo? Either Kalamazoo or Fort Wayne? I forget which year, but I yeah, I did go there for a game. Yeah. That was yeah. a nice place to see a game. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's a bit of a hall in Chicago. I mean, if, if anybody who's listening knows the layout where the state where the arena's at, it's it's like on it's well, if basically you're heading to Wisconsin. I mean, it's not if you live on the south side, it's not it's it's a long trip. If you're uh, living on the west side, like I did, it's still a long trip. But yeah, just beautiful. But yeah, you've got a lot of these cities like Chicago. Let's just you talk about them. The rush they played at Allstate Arena out by the airport, but yep. now you've got Wintrust Arena, which is right downtown Chicago. So hmm. there, there's plenty of places for the. So it'll be interesting to see where, especially if these teams go into the major markets, which is really where they should be, because you yes. need to have anchor. I mean, much like the NFL, the NFL only was in one major city when it started, and of all teams, that was the Cardinals, uh, which is still kind of funny to think about. But even you know. But, yeah, you need – it wasn't until the NFL went out to New York that it started to really become major league. Um, so, yeah, no, I uh, – yeah, yeah I'm, I'm hopeful for it. And 
we've got so between the indoor football league this year we've got and when did do when does the indoor football league season start that's coming up soon i think it's march 17th i'm not positive but it's mid-march sometime okay and um yeah so we're gonna have plenty of football and then the usfl starts up here in april in april so the usfl and the xfl is there is there any overlap I th- I think there is for for a couple of weeks. Okay. Uh, you know the the XFL um, uh, is starting this weekend, and it's you know ten weeks. So yeah, there, there's going to be a couple of weeks where they do overlap. It would kind of be nice if maybe if these two leagues become fairly successful, that maybe they could sync up their their schedules a little bit better to where they could have a championship game. You know, the winner of the XFL against the winner winner of the USFL in a in a championship game. That'd be that'd be awesome. Well, I was just going to actually ask you that. What do you think? Let's say hypothetically, if both teams are both leagues are successful in the long run, can you foresee? that both they would like kind of sync their schedules up or basically even merge. I mean, for lack of a better term, maybe keep their separate identities, but do basically be like the American football league and the NFL, the NFL was, and yes, there are even like the American league and the national league, basically. Yeah. They're separate. They're equal, but basically they're the same league. They just play separate schedules. Yeah. I, that that I could see, you know, they I think they would want to stay separate, but maybe have a championship game at, at the end of the season between the two. And there might be some some rule differences that they may have to work out just for the championship game. But right. yeah, to have two leagues that that do not play each other all year long, yeah. and then the the winners play each other at the end, that would be kind of cool. And then there's that wild card question that I asked Frank Costantino yesterday when I was talking to him on the from the fifty five yard line podcast. What do you think about? the CFL eventually possibly merging with the, the leagues down, down South. Do you see what are, do you think it, do you think it could be, do you think it could happen? And if so, how would they, how would they, how would they work out the, the rule stuff? Yeah, I, I don't see it happening and I personally would not like to see it happen myself. I'm, I'm a purist of the CFL. I think the CFL great game is great just the way it is with the bigger field, you know, 12 guys, uh, three downs. It's, it's uniquely Canadian, which is how they, you know, um, uh, how they uh, did their marketing a few years ago, you know, yeah. uniquely Canadian. So I, you know, I love the uniqueness of it. You know, it's different from the NFL uh, and I, there are some things about the CFL I actually like better than the NFL. Right. You know, they've they've got their replay system down a lot better than the NFL does. Uh, the one rule that I really like up there is when you punt the ball, you have to give the guy catching the ball five yards to catch the ball before you can approach him. Right. So a lot of times you'll see guys really get down there and they and they're, they're like waiting for him to catch the ball five yards away. Yeah. So that he's not getting blown up the second he gets it. Yeah. That's a safety yeah. issue. And I, I really yeah. think the NFL should adapt that because that makes total sense. You know, give him a chance to catch the ball and then let him make a move and, and then go after him. Right. But, and the rouge too. And the rouge too. Yeah, and the I rouge. Think, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I, I love everything about the CFL. That, that's why Adam and I go to games as yeah. much as we can. It's been a few years. And, uh, you know, last year you heard the story about how we tried to go to a Toronto game and uh, we that's never a, actually that's made an it. Ama- that's an amazing oh my story. God. It's, uh... That was so, so depressing. We never made it to the game because we were stuck in traffic. You could uh, see the stadium, big, uh... but you couldn't make it there. Yeah. You could smell the poutine. So that's how close we were. <laughs> but we couldn't we couldn't get to it. And we finally gave up and went back to our hotel uh, about an hour away. And we watched the end of the game uh, in the uh, hotel bar. Having a nice steak to dry and oh, our sorrows. Man, man. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, you know, talking about that, I mean, when I was in Canada back in November, the hotel we were staying at was right down the street from Molson Stadium. But because my wife had planned, I mean, she literally did all the plans for this. And I knew, like, what? What week? Oh, and I'm looking <laughs> at the calendar going, yeah, okay, all right. And I knew, but for the sake of my marriage, did not focus on football. So, <laughs> so, uh, I, uh, I, I drove by Molson stadium, but this was like on like the day, I think it was when we came back, might've been before we left Montreal. Um, 
like, oh, at least I got to see the stadium while I was here. I think, and then uh, on the way driving to Ottawa, I listened to the game on the the old fashioned way on the AM radio. Oh yes, with the static crackly, <laughs> and it carried. I mean, it just that signal faded more and more until we got to Ottawa, and uh, so I got the little bit of an old school feel. And I did actually find my Montreal Alouettes hat in mm. old Montreal, but it turned out to be the style that you know I like the the the, the relaxed fit, but. Mm. Um, yeah, the CFL's got a lot of, I mean, we'll talk more about, you know, I'll be, there's going to be a lot to talk about as we move on here, especially, you know, we'll see how the attendance is with the, you know, ratings why. And that's the other thing too, just going back to the CFL, the whole TV deal. And it's just, I just don't get the business model. I don't, you know, I mean, I, uh, and I'm just frustrated is pretty much every other CFL fan when you're like, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't? Yeah. Because here's why. Kind of what set me off the other day. Do you have a CFL app on your phone? I used to. And and I got a new phone. And so I went to try and uh, uh, find it again. And you cannot find it anymore. There is no CFL there app anymore. Not. And that's what got me going. I'm like, how is how, how is this possible? I mean, I, I'm yeah. here in Japan. So in about a couple hours here. Eh, about four hours. Uh, my local team, the second league, uh, J-League team, uh, Fagiano Okayama, is going to be playing their first game. They have an app. They've got fan club. I mean, now, obviously, individual teams for the CFL yes. have apps, but there's yes. no league app. And so that's what's just right. one. But yet there's an XFL app. and. Right. There's there's not an XFL video game, though I'm here to tell people if anybody's listening, there's a guy that's working on putting together, and I would expect to see something from him soon for an XFL video game for Tech Mobile. Now, mm. if you know what I'm talking about with Tech Mobile, uh-huh. right? Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. Techmobile.org. Free <laughs> plug here. If you've got a PC, They've got emulators. It's really easy to get these things to work. And the Tech Mobile on the computer is just like the Tech Mobile I played back in college. There's a Grey Cup. There's many Grey Cup versions already there. But yeah, an XFL version is... And there are many USFL versions too coming. I'm sorry. There are many USL versions already out, but there's an XFL version. There there hasn't been one, but... um, the guy that runs the Tech Mobile website, he goes, "No, there's there's no XFL one out here yet." And then on somebody else, like I'm working on it, so we'll see, we'll <laughs> we'll see. So, um, yeah. yeah, no, I I do have I do have the XFL app on my phone, and I also have the Toronto Argonauts app and the Hamilton Tiger Cats app on my phone. But yeah, I used to have CFL app, but there isn't isn't yeah. one anymore. Yeah, and that's we we live in a day and age. Everything's on the phone, and it's like, okay, why is this not? I, I just, again, you know, I just, it gets very frustrating. Um, and there's just so much every time I'm to the point now where, oh, the commissioner, he's given the state of the league address. I'm not going to listen to it because he's going to talk about, well, CFL 2.0 initiative. Okay, that's great. But what about your domestic C, um, domestic initiative to bring more Canadians into the league to play? I, I, I just don't. I don't get it. Hopefully, you know, I'm not advocating for anybody losing their job, but something's got to change, but that's just me. I digress. I, uh, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. I've, I've always said that the CFL could do a much better job of, uh, of putting the word out about their games, you know, getting, getting their games to be seen by people and, and more better marketing. Yeah. They, they really could use better marketing. Yeah. Yeah. And because, uh, the, I, because the game is great. I mean, oh, yeah. I love the game. Uh, I love a lot of the players and the teams and all that, the history of the league and everything. It's wonderful. It, it's and I wouldn't change a thing. There's been talk. Oh, should they change? Should they make it a four down game? Should they make it more like the NFL so people watch it? No, I don't want that. I want the Canadian Football League to remain exactly the way it is and stay there for another hundred years because I I just love the the uniqueness of the game. Yeah, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's my I would, opinion. And you know, during that whole merger talk, I mean, it's you know, you and I were both Americans, but we lived well. At least I lived, but I still consider Chicago my home. But we lived 
right at that line where Southern, you know, we, you know, right. I mean, I grew up in an area that was, that was settled by the French Canadians. So I've always had an affinity for Canada, you know, because <laughs> of that. But I was yeah, like, I'm, you, it's I'm like, always, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. I, I, you know, I want this, but yeah, I want to keep the game the way it is. So to me, I'm like, Hey, if we're going to merge leagues, the Americans have to adapt. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've, I've always, uh, loved Canada, uh, um, went there, you know, uh, to Niagara Falls, you know, when my wife and I were first married and, uh, I've just, I've always loved Canada. And within the last year, my brother was doing a lot of, um, genealogy research mm -hmm. and he discovered that our great grandmother immigrated from Nova Scotia. So now I understand my love for everything Canadian because I've got a little Canadian in me. Yeah. And my grandmother came oh, from yeah. Nova Scotia up in Canada. Yeah. Which yeah, I never it, knew. Yeah. It's, I'm sure I do too. And I get, I do have to do the genealogy. I, I've seen the, the, the family tree on my dad's side. Cause that's where my, my dad's and I'm like, Oh, every now and then you'll see a French name. And mm -hmm. the first time I went to Quebec, first time I was ever in Quebec, and this is how long ago it's been. I looked in the phone book, you know, they don't have phone books anymore. So I'm right. looking through and I'm seeing Arsenal, Blanchette, Charbonneau, all these last names that were in my high school class, you know, of people that I went to high school with. And I showed my wife, I go, you can, the people here, you look in the phone book back where I'm from, same thing. So there's a lineage between, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. So, I mean, I've, you know, so I've always had that affinity and then going to Montreal, but like I said, going to Montreal um, was just fascinating. Let me ask you, when when it comes to Canada and everything, have you made, because you and I both spent quality time this summer visiting the graves of several, several people that were instrumental in professional football in the United States, namely George Hallis at Luckman, the Bidwells, um that's yep. Tonelli. I mean, these are in my, you know, the one the one name that stands out probably to me most is Brian Piccolo. Mm. So yep. how, where were you at on your 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 count visiting um visiting the grave visiting the grave sites of uh people that were important to professional well professional not so much professional football, but football in America. Yeah, a lot of college guys, uh, you know, some coaches, uh, NFL players, and yeah, uh, I'm at up around 45 right now. Okay. Uh, 45 uh, graves that I visited. You know, that all started in 2006 when I took my boys down to South Bend and we looked up the grave of Newt Rockney from Notre Dame, and uh, and that it, it struck me that it was such a simple headstone. You know, it just said right. Newt Rockney, father. And his wife was buried next to him, and his son was buried next to him. Just very simple, no, yeah. no big statue. You know, there was there was a plaque uh, across the the street from where his grave was in the cemetery, uh, on a corner that um, honored Newt Rockney. But the actual headstone itself was just so simple and unassuming that uh, it, it really struck me that somebody that's that famous in football history would have such a plain uh, headstone. Right, and you know, from there, from there, it just it just grew, and we've been all over the place uh, for all these uh, different graves, and you know, you and I went to go visit six of them around the Chicago area, and I really appreciate appreciate you doing the driving because I I'm oh, not a fan I of driving every, in Chicago, and I enjoyed like every minute of it. Oh gosh, I had and, the maps, you had the car. <laughs> I had well, I I had, you had the maps, and then I had the knowledge base to know, yeah, we're not going down this road. Why? <laughs> Trust me, we're we're taking this way instead. Yeah. Um, yep. and also too, with that, we got to, you know, we didn't get to go in, but had lunch at the, the cubby bear right outside of Wrigley field. Yep. And then made another side trip to one of those football sites that to me, it, it was cool to be able to go with you because to great lakes and oh, yeah. show you the parade field where yes, great lakes, naval. I mean, back in the day during the wars, the service academy, you, you not only had the service academies, but you had the training centers. And so right. Great Lakes was a powerhouse. They played in the Rose Bowl. And so we're dry, you know, I'm like, I'm showing you. It's like, yeah, 
that's where the stadium was. And it's on the parade ground where all the recruits go. Um, I'm my father and I have a connection with it because my father went to Great Lakes for his Navy basic training. Even though I was in the Navy, I went into the Navy. I mean, I did, I was originally in the army, so I was down at Fort Knox and then, you know, enlisted and then eventually got commissioned, got my Navy, my officer commission as a reservist. So I've always had that, you know, there's always been a football connection there. Just like, man, it would have been so cool during the day. And that was one of those books because you, you, you adopted a lot of the books that I couldn't take with me here to Japan. And after, you know, I packed everything up. Last time I saw you, you took everything. There were still some books left over that should have been yours for me to give to you. So I brought him here to Japan, and one of them was the books. The one one of them was the book on the on um, Great Lakes Naval account, Great Lakes Naval, the football team. Yeah. I I don't know if I have the exact same one that you have, but I do have one. It might be the same book, but uh, I do have one uh, on that subject. It might be. It is called By Air, Ground, and Sea. That's the name of the title. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I've got that one. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm researching right now uh, a story because Paul Brown, the Cleveland Browns head coach, was the coach at Great Lakes for a right. few years during during the war, and uh, Marion Motley was one of his players. Yep, who he eventually took with him to Cleveland. Well, they came to Kalamazoo and beat the snot out of my Western Michigan Broncos <laughs> in uh, 1945 or 1946. I forget. Uh, I think it was 44 and 45. But yeah, I'm researching when they came to uh, the Kalamazoo and and beat up on the the hometown Broncos here. Oh well, and you know, I was thinking about it too as we were talking here. I'm like, man, this is to be able to play football during your during war service is what we would call, and maybe they had the same term in the Air Force, but we called it in the Navy a boondoggle, perfect boondoggle. <laughs> yep. You know, it's like, oh man, that would have been. Yeah, that whole that whole time period is fascinating. But yeah, just so so yeah. it was cool to to head up there with you. And you know, usually when I, I go up there, that. I'm going up there by myself, and it's nice, you know, nice nice to go there, show our retired ID cards, and uh, you know, yep. go in. And you know, it's too bad. Uh, I don't think we had the time to stop by the uh, the exchange to buy any Navy swag. No. Uh, no. You you got some cheap gas there, but uh, yeah, we didn't right. get to go to the to the base exchange or yeah. whatever you call it the, in the Navy. Well, I'm headed I'm heading down to Sasebo um, Navy base here in a few days, and uh, so when I'm down there, I plan on buying some Navy swag, a new Navy PT shirt because cool. I came out with new stuff. So, um, cool. well, listen, I am gonna gonna wrap it up here, my friend. You hang on now. After I hit the, the the stop button, we'll talk a little bit more, but. Okay. Um, hey, for everybody who's listening, can you let them know where to find you? Absolutely. Uh, my son Adam and I do a podcast called This Week in the World of Football. Last week was episode 238. So we've been doing this for over five years now. Uh, just, just me and my son talking all kinds of sports. We'll talk NFL. We talk CFL. We talk arena football, indoor football, you name it. We're We're talking about it because... There literally is no off season from football anymore. Yeah. As soon as one's done, another one is uh, starting up. So if anybody wants to uh, contact me, uh, they can contact me at uh, info at theworldoffootball.com. You can check out our website, theworldoffootball.com. Uh, we're on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo. That stands for the World of Football Kalamazoo. And we're also on Twitter, and that's at TWOF Kalamazoo. We're also on YouTube. We've been doing a lot of YouTube stuff. Uh, we, we've just gotten into doing a, f- a few shorts, uh, you know, one-minute videos. Um, I, I, I did a joke, a Super Bowl joke the other day. Uh, it was only a minute long. I, I don't know if you've seen that or not, but uh, that came out pretty well. And uh, so on YouTube, you can find us. They have what they call a handle now on YouTube. Right. So if you go to YouTube and you just type in the handle, and the handle for us is at the world of football. And then finally, we're on Amazon Music. So if you have a Siri or Alexa device, you can simply ask that device to play the World of Football podcast. And our most current episode will start playing right on your device. So we're everywhere. You guys are uh, a give must. Give us a shout out got, and let us know what you think. You guys are 
a must listen for me each week. I mean, and you know, it's co- cool. Cause I mean, I, I listened to you guys well before I got to know you, know you and Adam. So um, for me, it, it was always, it's always been a pleasure listening to you guys talk because it's, you know, father and son, two guys talking football and a lot of snarky comments in there, which I, which I love. Um, so for, you know, next football season, you know, you've got a correspondent over here in Japan, so I'll be sending my regular updates, uh, X league and co- being able to send you what update, what scores I can here. Um, and, uh, I hope, you know, did you explain to Adam, there was a meme that I sent with, uh, with the Al Franken Al Frank- meme. Al yeah. Franken. Yeah. <laughs> I, sh- I showed him the video. I, I I thought it was a one-time thing, but there was like three or four. There were know. three or four when he was the one-man reporter and he had the satellite dish yep. on his head. Yep. Yeah, there was one where he was in the desert, and there was another one where he was in the snow, and another one he was in Florida. So, yeah, he was everywhere. He was doing. He was uh, there for an undercover raid or something. They saw him on camera. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was cl- it was great. It was just one of those, I'm like, oh, that's perfect. I got to send that one in. And I'm like, oh, wait, Adam may not get the, re- the cultural reference, too. So... Yeah, I, I kind of had to explain it to him a little bit, but yeah, he saw it. He, he thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Well, hopefully one of these days I'll be able to at least, you know, him and I have gone back and forth tweeting and everything, so I was hoping to have him on this one, but it's probably good because there'd be a whole another hour us talking DC Comics. Yeah, if he were here, I wouldn't have been able to get a word in edgewise, so probably. I'm glad it was just the two of us. Probably. Well, every, <laughs> well everybody who's listening, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, Appreciate it. This is episode number two of Gridiron America. And uh, hopefully, I don't know if I'll be broadcasting next week. I'll be traveling, but uh, you'll be hearing from me soon. And you can find me at CFL America, at XFL America, or at USFL America on Twitter. And um, and from there, I've got uh, three websites that uh, I kind of simulcast on all three websites and all three Twitter all three Twitter accounts. So, um, and in terms of where to find this show, you can find the, find this show at CFL America. If you go to CFLamerica.ca, there's a link to the show. And if you go to XFLamerica.com, it goes right to the Spotify page and USFLamerica.com goes right to the Spotify page. And on the XFL and the USFL stuff, there's also audio replays of the first seasons of both the XFL and the USFL. So um, hopefully on the USFL uh, one, we'll have season, I'll have seasons two and three up during 2023. So with that said, Randy, any last words? No, thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to seeing you again. One of these days, if you ever make it back to Chicago, I'll, I'll make a list of some more graves and we'll hit the road again. Hopefully I get back in time. Hopefully I can get back for a game. That's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I want to do. But yeah, we'll be doing more of this too. Cause uh, you know, sure. being able to talk football, even though it's over a video connection and you notice how clear this video connection is too. Yeah. It's, it is really good. It is. That's the nice thing about being in Japan being in Japan. Uh, not had internet, any internet issues at all. Cool. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty steady connection. Uh, I know back in Chicago, you know how it goes. It's like, oh, internet's down again. Have not had that moment. It's like, you know, and even with the cell phones here, clear as a bell. So, you know, so the one, the only bad thing about being in Japan is I can't getting up at 3 a.m. to watch the, 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 the early games. It's kind of hard, but you know, it's, that's been the only difficulty that I've had in terms of, but, uh, yeah, the time chain, yeah, the time zone difference is a, is a challenge, but I'm still, still working that through. So by this time, by next, by the 20, start of the, the 2023 fall season, hopefully I'll have it figured out. So with all that said, Hey, thank you very much for listening. And we will talk, we will talk to you guys for those who are listening very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. This is Joe Schmidt of the Detroit Lions. Our fight song, Lions Gridiron Heroes.